0: Welcome to Ibrox Uncovered, the ultimate Rangers podcast with Mark Hately, Alec Ray and me, Lindsay Herron. The Premiership season's off and running and it looks like normal service has been resumed. The Champions League is beckoning and Steven Gerrard's side looks stronger than ever for the challenges ahead. Across the city, maybe not so much. We'll cover all the key issues today and we've got a fantastic exclusive. As former chairman, Dave King, is joining us shortly. While Rangers have begun the defence of the title with a 3 win over Livingston with 23,000 fans inside Ibrox. Mark, what are your initial thoughts about the weekend?
1: We set the ball very high last year. I think we've strengthened the squad. Again, from the bench, we've got match winners coming on to score goals. I thought we were very very enthusiastic. I thought very very fit as well. At this stage of the season you still find in your legs, but I thought it was pretty much the same as last season starting with a clean sheet. Alan McGregor rested, John McLaughlin coming in keeping another clean sheet. And as I say, strength in depth, the squad is super strong, wouldn't be surprised if we see probably one, maybe more two coming in, one maybe going out but uh, as as I see it it is you know, business as usual and I think on the other side of the city it's business as usual <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean that Alec, that's uh, as Mark was saying there, I mean the, the home record uh, that Stephen Gerrard yes. is on at the moment is quite remarkable, I think that's 20 yep. consecutive A league vi- victories yeah. You know, going by the 19 home games last season. I think it's a remarkable
2: um, consistency. I think uh, Mark's right in terms of the players uh, at his disposal. I think that's one of the things that I've managed to do over the last couple of years. I've managed to get uh, two players for each position. I looked to young Bassey at left back. You know, his athleticism is incredible. You know, he bombs up the ball, just a little Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. listen, I said, that. I said that as well, Mark. And I think part of the problem for him is that the quality from Barisic and Tavernier is at a level that these young guys have to aspire to. That's what you want. Isn't it? Yeah, of course you, you want,
1: do. You want to be batting off each other. Yeah. You know, you're know, you looking at the guy that's playing in your position and thinking, I've got to up my game. Oh. I've got to up my game again. And that's what Stevens wanted right from the beginning. And what you just said there, yeah. two for every position. Some positions, we've got three people yeah. vying for one position. And they're all, as Stephen says wanting to be in the side. So the only way to do that is impress every day in training. Once you're doing that, standards become exponentially better and better every See time. That? It's That's like a, building. A, it's,
2: it's, it's early in the morning, he's throwing an exponential. That's three coffees for you, sunshine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exponentially,
0: dear boy.
2: Yes, well, listen, do you know the interesting thing about what Mark said there? Mark says there could be three... Players Now I get that for a centre in the Mm. park, I get it for uh, centre forward and centre half because they're key areas. However, I think a lot of the fringe players are going to be trimmed back. Mm. I think you have to streamline the squad, I think you have to keep the standards high. To give you an example, Tavernier at the weekend gets two assists in the opening game of the weekend, Lindsay. And that is what the rest have to adhere to because Mm. the one thing about Tavernier is every time you look at his numbers... They're sensational You know, 19 goals last year And I think it was God, I, do, I, I think it was about 12, 14 assists mm-hmm. Which is incredible You know, that's almost like a winger Then you, you factor in the defensive element as well You look back at the weekend Another clean sheet So I think that all bodes well For Stephen going forward But everything's coming thick and fast at the moment And I think it's, and I think as a player and as a management team It's just kind of getting back into the, the training ground today Reassess And then we've obviously got a real a congested fixture over a coming weeks
1: yeah, and refocus that's exactly what we did last year I think we were very very good at that and that's why we had that consistency of performance where we were allowed to enjoy that moment and straight away within I was going to say 36-48 hours we're focusing on everything else that's coming and then leaving it parking it and moving on again that's a successful way of looking at any season especially when you're going for everything
0: absolutely and the other thing was the, the rotation of players Alec mm-hmm. is going to be key in, in, in the coming weeks the Champions League has kicked in and it's it's so important that Rangers get to the group phase, isn't it? That's the next milestone for Stephen Gerrard,
2: isn't it? Yeah, well, we've obviously seen that at the weekend. You're talking about this rotation. You've obviously seen Wright, you've seen Roof, they making big impacts. And I think that's what Stephen will be looking for because there will be rotation. I think if you look back to last year, Mark, week on week, so you might have a Tuesday game or, or, or a weekend game or a midweek game and we would have five or six changes, but it was seamless. And that's the reason why, you know, the players are bedded down in the, the formation. And you'll need that for Europe. But I'm, I'm going to be fascinated how Europe pans out this because obviously we're at top table. We have to get to that group stage. And we've got Malmo, who we
0: played almost a decade ago. It is remarkable, isn't it? That it's, it's ironic, I suppose, that they are the opponents. You know, who would have thought 10 years ago when Rangers got knocked out that night that it would be a decade before they were back in European qualifiers. It's, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, but that's how the game changes. You're not building while you're on top and working as hard it is a quick fall down that mountain, by the way, as our... Uh, Oh, used to say noisy near, neighbours, n- <laughs> nearest rivals. No, noisy neighbours. Yeah, noisy neighbours <laughs> have found out to their uh, amazing. Well, yeah. no, but it's not a cost. You see, it, things like this in football happen very, very quickly if you're not focused on the job that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Is, Is
2: that that's... the contrast for you then, Mark? Because obviously, the last decade, Celtic have had a. a they've literally been uh, cycling downhill. The first challenge, yeah, yep. uh, going up the mountain. They've, they've obviously fallen yeah, off the bike.
1: Absolutely, it's it's one of those things where I think. When you're at the bottom, it's really, really hard. I mean, you have to, you know, you have to take big risks. You have to, you know, lay out probably more than you want to lay out. So that's the risk right there. See, when you're on the top, it's less of a risk because you are in command. You're in command of basically of the whole market. That's Celtic were. Once you're on top of the the pile, pile yeah. yeah, you're working as hard as hard you, as you can and not being lazy. So being complacent then? Com- being complacent, you just pile it on and pile it on as and you keep you know, your your nearest rivals. It's down there away, yeah. as long as you can. And so if you are on every year building exponentially, again comes in here every season, then yeah. that margin should stay the same. And we've changed it around very, very quickly, purely fell because, you know, Celtic haven't done their job.
2: Fell asleep at the wheel, I think yeah, was yeah, uh, absolutely. the phrase. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, but you talked on that about that, and,
0: and Rangers recruitment seems to be very professionally done, Mark. Yeah, we're looking three wingers down.
1: Yeah. We're looking at three, and, you know, you, you're looking to. Monitor. I mean, you are monitoring sixteen-year-olds and seventeen-year-olds right now because that's that's the model. You know, you want to, you bringing players in as as we've done, younger players from bigger clubs. Once you get to this level, that becomes easier mm-hmm. because those younger players want to come and join the success yep. of your Champions League, winning leagues, winning cups, and all that sort of stuff. So last year was a great a great little message sent out there. You know, we've won a championship. Like that with the Champions League right now. So, if we can qualify for Champions League, not only does it the, the younger players get alerted from other academies around mm-hmm. the country, yeah. but you're also getting the bigger players, the bigger players that now Absolutely. 24s and 25s, 23s, 24s, the kind of player that we want to buy, you know, and then obviously sell on down the line. So, that where, where we are right now is brilliant. I
2: think by actually getting to group stages, and obviously, mm-hmm. there's a couple of more uh, ties to get through before that, obviously, there's a financial uh, aspect. But trying to attract players who mm-hmm. want to play at the top table, because if you can actually showcase at that kind of premier uh, level of uh, opposition, all of a sudden your market value, which is Mark's talking about then, because it's exponentially goes up, it fires up the way, and it also gives you profile. So all of a sudden, before you know it, because with the greatest respect to Scottish football, it is a stepping stone for a lot of guys. It's like and-
1: Nathan Patterson last year. Nathan Patterson comes on, right? 16 seconds. 16 seconds, he's made a name for himself. <laughs> Nathan Patterson's name will be all around Europe yeah. right now. Just, that's, that's just one example of what you do and, and the model that we sure. work with. Exactly.
0: The, the thing about it is the contrast could hardly be more vivid. I mean, Celtic scrambling about for players at the moment, the recruitment has been disastrous, mm-hmm. you would have to say. Whereas uh, Rangers seems to be smooth and, and very slick. Well, it uh,
1: is. Well, well that's because fir- of the organisation, Mark. First and firm, first and foremost, you've you've got a leader at your helm that is, is literally world famous, right? So he comes in allegedly with a lack of experience, but as smart people do, they put smarter people probably around you mm-hmm. to make you look even better. And that's the way, that's the way
2: get- I feel the day in the studio.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I think it's just. Having that role model, yeah, that professional, um, instantly recognizable with the game of football, uh, Stephen, and that's and I think this is where and I, I just pop up at the other side again, at the other side of this the city. Soon as the the Brendan Rodgers thing came and went, players were coming in and Brendan didn't want them, and then Brendan left. That was can start of their downfall. Yeah, absolutely, because there was a man that knows the game of football. Now what Celtic have done, they are bought in a, An unknown. An unknown, right? And what's the first thing as a player you really look for? Where they, What they're doing, how well they're doing in, in the leagues, have they been winning or, and all that sort of stuff, and who's the manager, basically, and then the facilities. And there's your problem right there. Absolutely. So the model is what we've done and what Dave King did, you know, is is bring that guy in, mm-hmm. you know, that, that flagship manager to match the club's,
2: Identity, they're, they're, uh, that's the word, yeah. I'm looking they're looking for, for identity yeah. Yeah. as soon as you'll think about Rangers, Stephen Gerrard automatically yeah. pops up. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a guy who's known across the, the globe, he's, he's an elite yeah. footballer, then he goes into the helm. Yeah. yeah, obviously, this puts him on another because, it, it, regardless of stature as a manager, yeah. when you go into the management game, you've seen it time after time, you've got a, a household names and they don't succeed. So, all of a sudden, you see Stephen, you look at an invincible season, this. And I feel as if, what I liked, there's two aspects what I liked about coming out of the the Rangers training ground recently. First one was, we've enjoyed 55, let's refocus in 56, and also the way that they go about their business. Mm -hmm. I I just love the whole structure within uh, Rangers at the moment. And I just feel professional. yeah, it's professional, it's organised. I think Ross Wilson has to take a big thing with there, But this all has to be sanctioned by the board you have a, a, a kind of sliding scale, Mark, where everybody is actually in sync
0: and you have a, a, a model, is what you're saying, professional? Yeah, yeah. Is it, is it crucial then at this moment that, that Rangers are relentless in this first month? Yep. And uh, while Celtic are trying to get their act together, because then you, you could you know stretch away early on in the season and make it very difficult.
1: It can be done. Listen, the season in a short space of time, I mean... I'm looking at, at, at the league right now on, on the first week of the, the results and mm-hmm. you're thinking, who's going to come out that pack, right? Who would you say is in a good situation right now? Well, you've got, you've, you've got the hearts thing coming up, you know, so they're all excited. So they'll be, they'll be buzzing around for, for, for two or three games until they get a bad result or whatever. Yep. Because the strength in depth there won't be as strong. You've got Hibs who have decent personnel. I think they've got a stronger squad than they had last year. And also, you've got a, you're looking at Aberdeen and what they're going to do this season. So all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you've got Celtic that are, are, are on top of the pile now, are looking below them. Below them,
2: you know. The one thing uh, that from my own experience is: see if you get knocked out of Europe early doors, and then you lose your opening or drop points in your opening, you're right behind the black ball from the off. Lindsay, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that was uh, my experience because we get knocked out against CSK. Yeah. And then obviously we're up to Aberdeen in the opening game of the season. And, and the actual blowback from that was it was ridiculous. But if the gap becomes that little bit bigger, which most certainly can, because we have an old firm game in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. If you're going into September, four, five, six points adrift for the off, Celtic still have this catch up because the recruitment process has been so slow.
1: Yes. What it does do as well, if that scenario pans out, it also gives Stephen a time then to... You know, play different sort of teams formations, for, yeah, for different sort of competitions. Mm-hmm. It, it allows him to have that luxury mm-hmm. at, at, at an early stage of the season, where he can focus on the league cup and all that sort of stuff. Absolutely.
0: And it's, um, you talk about the old firm game, Alec, do you think it's quite cheeky or quite interesting that Rangers are now looking to unveil the flag on that day? No, well, the thing is, I, I think, <laughs> no, I think it was, uh, it's probably
2: the right thing to do because obviously the fans, it'll be the first opportunity to get the fans back in. The majority, I think, we've. I'm not even sure we're going to give Celtic fans. I think by the, the, the SPFL rules, you have to give them a certain number. So there may well be a couple of hundred in the stadium, but predominantly it'll be the, the full stadium. God willing, it'll be. Full stadium, so yeah. that would be great Lindsay because obviously it's been a trying time for everyone you know we've had people on saying it's 14 uh, 15 months since I've been at ibrook, so if we could get a full house unfollow the flag and then it just makes the game all that more spicy <laughs> exactly
0: well talking about spicy I mean it's Dundee United uh, next weekend away let's talk about that I mean is there still resentment is there still ill feeling towards them particularly after all the events of 2012 or is it time to move on or or do you think grudges still are being borne by many many ranger supporters
2: why are you looking at me Lindsay? <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: you're listen, a man that bears a grudge I remember no, you telling me no
2: listen I've still harboured a grudge for the 1987 season yes uh, I was playing Falkirk against Morton but that's <laughs> um, but th- you're absolutely right th- there will be a, a large proportion of the fans will yeah. still have a, a gripe mm-hmm. because of the they were very much going back to Stephen Thompson and, and their fans mm-hmm. saying that we will not buy season tickets unless they get put down to the bottom tier you can't forget that stuff. You can't. Now, listen, I'm I'm a bit older, middle-aged now, so I can actually put things like that to bed. Mm -hmm. However, always, always be there. And this is one of the things, and they were one of the most vocal. So I understand the fans still harbouring a grudge against Dundee
1: United and I think that will go on for a long time. Different ownership now, isn't it? Well, that's what I was going to say. It's moved on, you know. So that that, that mentality of that ownership Mm -hmm. I would like to think has moved on, you know, so, and it's, you know, and that's what it is for me.
0: But do you think that the the Rangers, as a as a club should try and build bridges a bit better they seem to be in a situation at the moment where they're they're isolationist a little bit you know what i mean they're not really it's not hands across the the country really too much I, I don't know. I don't know what the actual
2: relationships with because we don't know what's actually going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, because obviously mm-hmm. there's people communicating to try and get Rangers players on loan and things. So I'm not exactly sure in terms of where they are. Yeah. There seems to be a, a a front where Rangers are think. Right. Okay. We've had a real good kicking off a lot of people. Yeah. And the thing about Rangers at the moment, Lindsay, and I think this has been things that have been very evident throughout my time watching Scottish footballers. Mm-hmm. See, when you are from a power of strength, sometimes it's important to flex your muscles. Yes. You know, that doesn't mean that you're not having, like, a covert where you're actually kind of speaking to different clubs and things and building bridges. Stuart Robinson's uh, back on the SPFL board.
0: Yeah.
3: And
2: it's a good time to have him on there because we've just uh, became the champions for the 55th time. I think they make some very valid points. I think some of the stuff coming out at the weekend, and this has been driven by Rangers, I think the deal that was actually signed for $25 per year the Sky deal the Sky deal now it's great that we have a partner like Sky because they've been very much our partner for a long a long long time yeah. and they're very good however I can't think for the life of me why you would want to kind of just make it one provider now you look across all these different um, countries you'll mm-hmm. take England for an example they have uh, Sky BT and Amazon so they have three different packages available why would we leave it to one package uh, beggars belief because selling yourself to one but, 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 Mark, there's one fee. There's one fee. See if you're selling a player. If Rangers are selling a player, just hypothetically, Alfredo Morelos or Ryan Kent are getting sold today. Yeah. You want three or four clubs come at the table. Sure. And the reason why you want three or four is because you then have a bidding war. And if, if and the great, obviously, you're all selling that player to one club. But see, with, with the rights, you can sell it to two or three and trying competition will always raise the price. Yeah, absolutely. So I I think that's
0: a good thing with Stuart Robinson and that as well. He's asking questions. Well, absolutely. Right, now, fantastic uh, news, boys. We've got uh, Dave King on the line joining us live on the podcast. Dave, a very great welcome to Ibrox Uncovered. Thanks very much for joining us today.
3: Well, thank you, guys, and I'm very happy to be able to chat to you again. Brilliant stuff. We're just talking with Mark
0: and Alec, Dave, about the the season gone past and the, the aspirations for the season ahead. But, just looking at it uh, you know, in, in perspective, Dave, I mean, 55 was achieved, but it's the, it's, the, it's the turnaround in fortunes which has been quite remarkable in the last year. You said it was the most important title ever. I mean, is that still your view?
3: Yeah, it is still my view. And I, mean, I have to agree with you that kind of looking back on it now with, let's say less of the immediate raw emotion that one had at the time of just of just winning. You know, if I do look back at it now, I think they the relative ease with which it was won both in terms of the gap that they ended up at the top of the league but also the manner in which they went through the season setting records the performances at home it really was quite extraordinary in terms of the dominance given that I mean if certainly if I'm honest I don't know what other supporters might think but if if I look at the beginning of the season I certainly had and I think the word aspirations is probably an aspiration but I felt that we had a really good, good chance of winning the league against a strong Celtic team who were you know, as motivated as any Celtic team would have been to do ten in a row and to go down in history, and yeah, I thought we would be competitive. But to look back on that and look at how competitive we were and how dominant we were, it really is quite extraordinary. You know, kind of doing it with with a little bit of distance between now and the end of the season, R- really, really, really quite remarkable.
2: Dave, do you feel as if this is a real opportunity due to the finances? You know, as an opportunity to get to the Champions League group stage, the winners of the of the league title this year will also go straight into the group stage next year. Do you think this is a pivotal time in Rangers' uh, uh, evolution,
3: if you like? I, I'm, I'm probably more excited in a certain sense by what we what we achieved as a club in determining what happens from next season because, you know, the, the idea of Rangers winning this season and getting automatic entry into the group stages, I, I think it's just incredibly exciting because, I mean, as you guys know, getting into these group stages, I, I know we're there, but I, if I look at really what, or lays ahead of the club you know it's it, it's a tough ask to get out of the group stages with some of the some of the teams that you face so it really is again a great credit to the club that, that pretty much by Rangers' performances alone over the last couple of seasons that we're getting automatic entry um, into next season so in terms of the money the thrill the Champions League To to some extent, I think this is a bigger season in terms of the evolution of the club than even last season was.
1: So the model of the club, David, going forward when you came in, the Champions League is obviously a massive part
3: of that model. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think for Rangers um, to be financially sustainable at the level um, on the pitch that's required... I would say the kind of minimum is group stages of Europa League. And I think from a budgeting point of view, Mm -hmm. you know, one should be looking at that kind of level. So if you do get that Champions League boost, it is just so significantly uh, financially superior. Mm -hmm. And it really allows you to do so much more to kick on, invest in the team, and and invest in the infrastructure of the club. So, you know, I just think that if we could do it this season, and, 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 and certainly. Next season, if we can win the league and have the predictability of knowing we're going to the group stages, because you can also pre, you can invest ahead of that. Whereas you always have that kind of difficult situation each season, where you say, "I need resources to get me through." So, do I front load the resources, and what happens if I don't get through? You know, because you've signed players for three years, so there's always a, a difficult balance, which is made significantly better by knowing you're going straight through to the group stages. You can, just plan, you can just plan so much more carefully.
1: Yeah, I was going to say helps helps the manager as well because he doesn't have to throw away players. I mean, you know, on the cheap, if you know what I mean, where we can afford to keep hold of them and use them to to our uh, benefit. benefit, you know, instead of you know letting players just drift away for hardly any money at all. Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: Do, do you think, uh, Dave, that um, Steven will be energised and and motivated to really drive on now as Rangers manager? There are obviously constant rumors that he'll go down to England at some point. Uh, I think you're you're on record as saying that, you know, he, he is committed. Is that your view just now?
3: Oh yeah, it hasn't changed at all. I mean I think it's not even you know I think I think there's absolute certainty on that. You know, I think that um in Stephen I think we have a manager who is committed. he's he's absolutely not looking to go anywhere. And I think he is energized. I mean I think that he saw he saw last season as being a very critical, important stepping stone. I mean, it was a stepping stone. That doesn't kind of take away from it. Was. It was a necessary stepping stone, but but for him, the end game wasn't winning one league title. The end game was build, building on that. And and, and I think from Stephen's point of view, I would imagine the motivation level for him personally is very, very high this season because he knows, and he's smart enough to understand he's going to have a completely different relationship with his players and with his supporters. It's, it's one thing when you come into a season when, you know, you you're coming in the back of where Rangers had come from, and there was still a hope and expectation and aspiration of winning the league and stopping ten in a row, and the, you know the whole man management, but one game at a time, and in chasing things. But now you come into a season where these dynamics have changed completely. There's now an expectation on Rangers. Um, now it's a question of you go into a game sometimes. Uh, I was very concerned about the opening game, not 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 because I didn't think we could win the game, but I didn't like the idea that things were being taken for granted. It was like, well, Rangers should win and we should win the league. You know, the, the, These dynamics, I think, change. And it's, it's going to be very different from Stephen's point of view to manage his squad, manage his players, keep it down to, guys, we need to fight for every three points. But To some extent, people are giving you the points already before you play the game. So the man management skills, I think, become very different. The relationship with the supporters become very different when you're expected to win. You know, So I, I just think it's going to be very interesting for him in terms of his own his, his own career, You know, going through periods of defending titles and expectations of Champions League. So I think he's he's really enthusiastic and excited um, about taking his own career, if you want, to a next level and doing it with Rangers.
0: Exactly. The next 12 months could be absolutely incredible, Dave, if, if you consider he could qualify for the group stages, defend the title and go straight back into the group stages. I mean, that would be one of the biggest years in Rangers history and t- not just uh, success on the field but obviously financially because 30 40 million pounds coming into to the coffers
3: exactly and i think and you've got a club right now where you know that money is going to go back into the team i mean you don't have shareholders who are looking to take dividends so it would be fantastic from from the club's point of view and from steven's point of view um, if it was to win the league this year. And of course, it's, it's far from being done. We've only had one game behind us. But if he was able to do that. So the motivation for the team, I guess as players, you guys know better than me, to actually go out and win and defend a title, I think so. it's a different achievement. And then from the club's point of view, knowing, say, by the middle of May, you're going to be playing in the Champions Group stages and you know you've got that cash and you can start to invest in your squad and kick on to a different level again. So it's really, to me, as much as last year was the the most important season in terms of, let's call it the rebuild of the club. I think this is the most exciting season. It's the season with the greatest potential in terms of now kicking on from that and really taking the club to to another level on the park. It's called putting the boot in. and making a
1: statement, David. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, yeah, Dave yeah, you, yeah.
2: You, you've obviously mentioned the infrastructure that, that Stephen has brought to the club. You know, you have Ross Wilson there and it looks as if across the road at uh, Celtic Park, it looks as if they are the opposite how, how difficult is it to then turn that around?
3: It is difficult because you're doing, um, you know, if, if I look at where, you know, looking across the road, you, you've got that level of instability that we had. We had it for different reasons. You know, we, we had it on the back of failure. They've got, it, I guess, on the back of success. But it, it's still instability, you know, when you've got a, a, a new manager, coming into a new environment um, that they haven't managed in before with probably not a lot of, I guess, team recognition, player recognition. You've got a new director of football who still is coming in or is not coming in. You've got changes at the executive structure at the top. And it, it takes a long time for these things to set. even with the best will in the world. And even if you pick the best team, they can never gel immediately. So I think that period of transition, uh, I think it transfers itself onto supporters, it transfers itself onto the onto the team. So, um, yeah, I think from you know from Rangers' point of view, I'm delighted with Ross. Not only do we have, I think it's proven that we've put the right people in place there, but I think they've just got that team unit. They're very, very settled. They've got their visions, they've got their strategies, they've got their ambitions. So I think we really, as a club, are in a very, very good place right now.
0: You talked before, Dave, about the the financial model and obviously investors not seeking dividends and the soft loan situation. Um, that has to has to come to an end, and you have to become self sufficient. Are Rangers getting close to that, and do they now have to sell some of their marketable assets?
3: Look, I, I can't talk for the board because I'm I, I don't have privy to what their existing you know business plans and that are. But if I look at the club. Financially, if I look at the, the 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 new commercial deals they've been doing, because James Bisgrove has been is an absolutely outstanding man in that field, um, I, I would say, other than the impact of COVID, which was which has affected all of the clubs, then Rangers would be self sufficient already right now um, with, with with having won the league and with the success in Europe last season. The COVID, you know, the, the, the COVID. Imp, imp, Impact this year will still be there. I think it's likely to be less severe than, than last year. But I, as I see it at the moment, I certainly don't get a sense um, that the club says desperate, say in the case of Morelos, which is the one that always comes to mind. I don't get the sense that even though we've brought players in, there's any desperate financial need to sell Morelos. I mean, there may be a footballing need where one looks at the value and you go to the managers and say, listen, we can get X. Do you want to keep the player or do you want X? And he says, well, in this case... I'd rather have the player than X, or he says, look, if I get X, I think I could recycle it into other areas and make my squad better. But at least it becomes a footballing decision where you sit down with the manager and say, listen, this is what you can get. The money's yours because we're not taking away from you. What do you want to do about it now? You know, that, that's where Rangers are right now. And I think that's what makes it particularly exciting, I, I think, for everyone.
2: Dave, we we obviously spoke to you a couple of months before uh, Title 55. You had purchased a bottle of Vive Clique 1872
3: how no, did, no, it...
0: it was a Chateau Ikem,
3: I'll have it you know. Kem
2: was it, yeah. Well, how did it go down anyway? That's, <laughs> more importantly, how did it get down?
3: Yeah, it, it, it was Echem. Um from a, from a purely wine point of view, it was slightly nuttier and slightly more oxidised than you'd expect of a young Ikem, but that's, you know, you'd expect that for, for a wine that's 50 years old. But it was very, very drinkable, and, and, and I quaffed it quite quickly.
1: And very enjoyable. Leaving a sweet taste in your mouth, David.
3: I could have drunk petrol and it would have tasted sweet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can you quite
0: believe though that you know, sort of six years on, Dave, from from your uh, you know takeover with the other guys, that this is where Rangers are now in, in this remarkable position?
3: You know, it is extraordinary, and I've thought back on that a few times because when you're going through. You know, as they say, you know, sometimes you the, the only way to get to the end of something is by going through it. You you can't go around it. And but when you are going through it, and and as you're going through, it, other things pop up you didn't expect. And you know, there's just things coming your way all the time. You you kind sometimes, you know, the vision is there, the drive is there, you, the goal is there, but you still wonder sometimes, will well, ever I actually get there? And so it really is, it's it's obviously immensely satisfying, I think, for myself and even associated with the club, but um. Yeah, I must say, it, it, it's just, uh, even even as I think on it now, it's, it's just such a, for me, it's still an, an emotional thrill just to say, you know, we actually did it. We all took it on. A lot of us fought together. You guys know, Mark, you were there involved at the time. I mean, what we, unless you were in the thick of it, in the eye of that storm, you can't really understand what we were going through and what we're battling internally, but also there was a lot of external forces, you know, some of those who I think should have been working with us, but were also working against us as well. So it really is. It's just fantastic for the club and for everyone associated with the club to be in the position we find ourselves in now.
0: How are you enjoying life as a supporter now? No longer, no longer a board member. Are you more relaxed view of the of
3: things, Dave? No, it's it's, it's absolutely fantastic. I'm, I'm back to worrying about missing three foot putts. <laughs>
1: On the back of that, David, just like to thank you for uh, for your time today. Um, Next time you're in, look us up. We'll have a we'll have a nice little four ball. Me, you, Alex, Lindsay, up at Glasgow Golf Course. Be lovely.
3: Love to. Thank you so much. Anytime, guys. Thank you. You you take care, David. Thanks, Dave. Thanks Thanks for joining us. Thanks a million, Dave. Oh well, guys. Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: Fantastic to talk to the former chairman there, guys. I mean, always honest and open, and uh, so knowledgeable about about the about the game as well.
1: That's the only way you can be. You can't. Cover up something that's uncoverable, if you know what I mean, because that is the game of football. And we, just, we were was talking about this before we came on air. You have to be clear and transparent in everything you do in football. That's the only way a football team can go forward. And Dave is that sort of guy. You know, he's always open, not afraid to come out and say what he thinks. That's being honest to yourself.
2: Yeah, for, for me, it was really important to get a real idea of where the clubs are. You know, mm-hmm. he, he spoke about in terms of possibly selling or not. He also spoke about being able to, uh, you know, um, put structures in place. The importance the model. of, uh, yeah. uh, 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 important to actually uh, recognise where Rangers are at the moment and also recognise where the rivals are at. And this is a really pivotal moment for Rangers going forward because the next year could be a real acid test in terms of where the club want to go to for the short to medium term over the next few years because of that Champions League money because you get a flavour of it. Dave's obviously been there at
1: a time where Rangers were earning money. It's ambition. How far do you want to go with this monster? Absolutely. And it's uh, he's such a, uh, you know, a humble and man and he
0: offers great humility, Mark. I mean, his legacy will really be that he saved the club, but he doesn't
1: say so absolutely. But he, the club. but he doesn't feel that way, you know. No, no. He, but that's—I think that's—that's that's the sort of guy he is, you know. He's just—he's a, a supporter of the football club, very humble man, and just says it how it is, you know. If he—if he has that in his head, that's what he says, you know. And if people don't like it, then people don't like it. He's being fair and honest to himself.
0: Well, Rangers have a great start to the season, but we couldn't have had a better start to the season here on Alex Uncovered Mark, Alec, thank you so much, indeed. Remember, follow us on Instagram and on Twitter, The Rangers Connection. Give us a shout and we'll try and get some information on the next show.